Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. you date me the podcast where me nicole byer tries to figure out how i'm still single even though i would still date you if you uh cut up all my clothes uh, lit them on fire and said here you stupid dumpster bitch (laughs) wear flames (laughs) that's a good one (laughs) my guest today you've seen her on uh, Bruise Brothers, American Princess, Take My Wife, uh, Drive Share, Adam Ruins Everything. It is Ellie Woods. Ah, can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm here, Nicole. What an honor. <laughs> thank you so Big much fan. for doing this. Yes. I mean, well, thank you for having me. Um, every time I think of your name, I always go, it is not Elle Woods from Legally Blonde. It is Ellie Woods from my real life. And yep. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> I don't know. Just, do people, are people tired of hearing me talk about this? <laughs> I don't know. No, no, nobody knows who I am. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I know. And you know, Nicole, a third one is coming out. It was supposed to come out on Valentine's Day. And really? I'm just like. At this point, don't they know who I am and what they're doing to me? <laughs> You're perpetuating people mispronouncing my name, Reese Witherspoon. They are. They are. <laughs> they really fucking are. <laughs> I remember the phone call that I got when I was like nine. Like, Ellie, there's a movie with your name in it. 
<laughs> it was so exciting. So exciting. Well, it's a good one. That's what I always say because I can always see like people are like looking at me after I introduce myself and I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. And they're like from Lee. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Uh-huh. But it's different because she's L, right? She's just L and you're L-E. Yeah. But I spell my name E-L-E because like, I don't know, choice. And <laughs> so people just will read that as L because I realized recently, like you don't say like ale is pronounced ale. It's not ale. Mm-hmm. But so I real I had a thought recently that my name was spelled wrong. And then I was like, and then I came around on it the next week. Like, no, fuck that. I can spell my name however I want. Anyway, it's just, it's too confusing for people. And I get it. And I should just go by my full name, which is Eleanor. So whatever. And I will when I'm 50. No, you don't have to go by any name other than the name you want to go by. Right. And that's hopefully. You know, if people can pronounce Arnold Schwarzenegger, then they can pronounce Ellie. Oh, please. They can absolutely handle pronouncing Ellie. It's the whitest, <laughs> easiest name to pronounce. You can do it so it doesn't have an L and an I in it. You can still do it. But people, they don't want to. They don't want to do the work. And that's they really don't. why we're in the midst of a pandemic where we're not doing the work to get out of the pandemic. No, no, we are not. <laughs> oh, boy. No, we're not. It feels crazy. I mean, I feel like it's what everyone kind of starts conversations with. But like, what have you been doing? I wish I had more of an answer for you. I see people (laughs) doing like really cool things. And Nicole, like I I, like obviously I listen to your podcast because I'm not an idiot. (laughs) But like listening to you talking about with Kurt on Kirby's episode, Mm -hmm. you know, listening to you talk about like really like just deciding to do what you want to do all the like when you want to do it now like why not I really want to be doing more of that but instead I'm sewing all day I'm just sewing all day which is which is good because it's how I'm making money right now Mm -hmm. and I'm making masks for people which is like that's great but I also I'm like oh boy I would love to be I would love to go find a garage and like roller skate and and I'm gonna I'm gonna make more time for that do you have roller skates Oh yeah, I have a lot of I have um two pairs of rollerblades and um one pair of speed skates and uh two pairs of roller skates because I never stopped rollerblading like I was that weird girl who took everybody rollerblading for her birthday all the time. That um, is so. so cool. I keep finding that like literally everybody I know was like, "Oh yeah, I bladed in my youth. I I did roller hockey and I roller skated all around and I was like, how did I miss out on this?" Wait, so you never, you never, like as a kid, you didn't rollerblade or roller skate either? I remember I had a pair of Fisher Price rollerblades or roller skates. Not the key. They were like Velcroed onto your shoes and they were plastic. So you didn't really go anywhere. You could make them like bigger or smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, I guess was that a little key that made them bigger or smaller? Yeah, Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's what a skate key is. Oh, well, I had those. But they were plastic. They didn't really help. And then I truly only remember going roller skating or rollerblading at like a party uh, twice in my life. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's yeah. a shame. I mean, I'm, and now that I know that I'm like so obsessed with the fact that you're doing it now, it's like the people who learn to ski at 40, mm-hmm. you know, like, <laughs> no, it's not because you're not 40. But <laughs> I could be. I could be 40. I could be 52. I could be 160. I truly. Oh, no had a crisis yesterday because I was like, am I 35? 
And then I was like, but I missed my 34th birthday, I think. Oh, I thought I was oh. 33. I had a whole, I was like, wait. And then I kept doing the math and it kept coming to 35. And I was like, wait, what? So I was like, oh, I think I turned 34 this year. I think I was doing the math wrong. I think I put in the wrong date of my birth. It was a whole thing. Uh, I, it's very confusing. Do you, um, do you, did you have a birthday during quarantine? No, my birthday is August 29th. So I will, oh. I think I'm going to be 34 August 29th. But also, maybe I'll be 72. I don't know. I, who, who knows? Cares? I want to get my internal age when I, like what, like Gwyneth Paltrow does, I want to get my internal age measured at some point. But I really got to go clean first. <laughs> really got to tighten it up in there. And then I'm going to get it checked. I love it. I Okay, what do you think is easier, roller skating or rollerblading? A clear answer. Rollerblading is way easier than roller skating. Roller skating, especially outside, is very hard. It's very dangerous. You need a really smooth surface. Mm. Yeah, I've been trying to roller skate slash blade just in like in the street by my house. And it's just so hard. It's not level. And then there's hills. But I think I figured out how to stop because I've been watching these Dirty Debbie videos on YouTube. Dirty Debbie? She's this like gregarious lady who's like, not stocky, but she's a solid woman. She's like, all right, here's what you're going to do. You're going to turn your toes in. So I've been turning my toes in and trying to do, I guess it's called like a Coke bottle. You go out and in, out and in, and then in to stop. I know that as like the fishy. Oh, that whole thing is a stopping process? I Yes. Cool. Yeah, so that's not a fishy. That's a Coke bottle, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Um, but dragging the toe stop is so weird to me. Because then what's my front leg doing? I can't drag my toe stop to stop. It's really scary to me because you're like you're like leaning backwards, uh-huh. which is scary to me. I've never been able to do that. And the way I stop is by using my front wheel and dragging it behind me, kind of like gracefully, like, oh. like a train kind of. And then, you know, you can really grind it down when you really need to stop. Or sometimes I'll just spin to stop and then, you know, probably fall maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem with dragging your toe like I do is that you do wear down your wheels really fast. And then you like start skating like with your with your ankles like weak with your how would you describe what I'm with your like concave caving in? Yeah, like your ankles are caving in. That starts happening because your wheels are uneven. Oh, there is so much into roller skating. Like, truly, I was like, you slap them on, you slap them off. Because, you know, you only think about like renting skates. But it's like, oh, if yeah. you skate a lot, you got to like replace the wheels, replace the bearings. You, it's a whole yeah. thing. Here's where I am with skating, not to turn this whole podcast into skate talk. but Why um, not? Why not? Come on. Um, I would love to get to that point. Like, I'm I'm really good on skates, um, but I'm not that graceful like yeah i've got some mm. grace but i would love to get to that point where people go slowly on yeah somehow i'm like just speed 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 even if I, i'm like being cute like uh-huh. it's like i'm fast but i want to be one of those i think it's because you have to learn that like moonwalking step to do it yes and it's just so hard i'm not graceful in the slightest but i've pole dancing i'm, I'm trying to like be a little bit more graceful so then I can move into like aggressive things like slamming my pussy into the ground. Yes, I've been trying to learn yes. how to do a drop split. Um <laughs> yes. which we're all following and loving. Thank you. Yes. I landed so hard in one that I truly took a second and was like, did I break my hip? <laughs> And like I knocked my hair out and my head like kind of bounced up. I was like, 
Yeah. Did I hit my knee? And then after a minute, I was like, oh, you're perfectly fine. You did enough stretching. You just have to learn control so you don't scare yourself. God, I could I could do with some learning of control. I could really I could do with that. I could I could hit I, that would be good. Yeah. How, wait, how did you learn how to sew? My aunt was a seamstress and my grandmother was a seamstress. My sorry, my great aunt was a my grandmother's sister. Yeah, was a seamstress. Mm-hmm. And so just like when I was a kid, there was always like a trunk of fabric and a sewing machine um and my aunt was a very talented seamstress. And she would hold me accountable and my grandmother would let me fuck stuff up. So like mm. basically I just learned little basics as a kid. And then when people ask me like, cause sewing is my longest skill that I've had mm-hmm. in life and I've seen myself get good at it over the years. And when people ask me how, how to sew, I say, you just like basically have to fuck up a lot of stuff until you learn all your so you get all that out and then mm-hmm. you start like working by the book and learning patience and then you can fuck stuff up again. You know, one time I was in a room alone with Robert De Niro and he said, learn the lines so you can fuck them up later. I mean, oh, Bobby De Niro's, Bobby D. got it going. <laughs> like whenever people ask me about comedy, I'm like, get on stage, have a great time and then bomb. Keep bombing, yeah. bomb, bomb, mm-hmm. bomb. Like get into, like get it into your heart and know what that yeah. feels like. Uh, yeah. The last time I bombed, I think I've told it on the podcast, but whatever. I've done so many episodes. Who fucking knows? But uh, I was bombing like the, the University of Louisiana. I knew five minutes in these kids oh, hated shit. me. And I was like, all right, buckle up. You got to stay on stage for at least 40 <laughs> minutes to get that cash. Somebody just- bring me a towel. <laughs> Bring me a towel because I'm sweating because they hate me. (laughs) (laughs) They hate me. Who fucking cares? But like, I think when people are like, how do you sew? Like, I think people are like, oh, the magic answer is you sit down, you take 10 deep breaths, and then you know how to sew. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, it's a skill. You have to fucking practice it. You have to like ruin a lot of your sister's shirts without asking them, you know, (laughs) you just you're going to make some mistakes. And also, the other thing I say is the moment you get frustrated with sewing, you've already made a mistake. So that's Mm. also a good life one. Interesting. I had a costumer who I adored. She has since moved to Portland, but I would bring her stuff. I know Portland's uh, literally insane right now. Uh, our administration is occupying a fucking city. It's crazy. It's occupying a fucking city. I just, well, obviously, like, when this episode comes out, things will be a little bit different. And mm-hmm. hopefully, it's all cleared up. Uh, truly, I hope the world is in a, every time I record, I'm like, I hope the world's in a better place. And then sometimes it seems like we're making progress. Other times you're like, oh, God, is worse. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, so You're I would, seem- seamstress. Yes. Yeah. I would bring her pants that I found in thrift stores that were too small and then she would go get like some sort of denim that would match the jeans and then put a panel in them and I was Mm -hmm. like fuck I wish I paid attention in like home economics so I could just do this my fucking self without paying somebody to do this yes yes I really think that I also think all men should know how to sew it's like so weird that they don't know how to sew a button on it's like women might not know how to do that but they have the natural inclination to be able to figure it out Mm -hmm. Uh, men might not have that in them genetically I don't know (laughs) but 
Um, but it's like men should be, get to be creative too. And so they should also know how to sew. Like I saw this guy, um, I follow like a lot of people who make custom masks now because, mm-hmm. you know, why not? Um, and I saw this guy made somebody a 30 foot do rag. And I was oh. like, this is why men need to know how to sew. So if you want to have a 30 foot do rag that also doubles as a cape, you can just uh-huh. go ahead and do that right before a party. You, you whip that up and then you walk in however you want. Uh, I want to see the person who's like, I need a do rag cape, please. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I know. That's so funny. I had initially asked you to do the podcast because you are a woman of color and people sometimes don't realize that. (laughs) And I think that's such an interesting place to oscillate between because like my mom was super light, not as light as you, but just like super, super light and people would say things to her not realizing she was fully black. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I think people would just assume she was like mixed and then like be like, yeah. you know, these, these people over here. And she's like, Oh, well no, these are my people over here. Like it's fully yeah. who I am. Fully my family. Yeah. So, and then I had shared on Instagram, a video of a black woman uh, being racially profiled at a grocery store and her half white sister-in-law who is white passing sticking up for her. And then the white women behind were like, yeah, why are you being so rude to her? Blah, 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 blah. And she was like, yeah, my sister-in-law was using her privilege to like help. And I was just like, what, it, what is it like to grow up as a person of color with a family of color and then uh, be white passing? That's a loaded question, but I am genuinely yeah. curious. You know, I don't know that I'll be able to answer that fully right now in my life. But like, I can tell you, like, I mean, obviously, the only thing I can say is what I've is what I've observed, which is just that, like, yeah, people do say weird things around me. You know, we I not only am I a white white passing woman, I I um, am the whitest person in my family. So growing up, like I did see the way my sisters and I were treated differently but we are also very light skinned as a family. Like my, mm-hmm. my sister who is black is also very light skinned. And so it really like, will you ask me that question again, Nicole? Yes. Let's see if I can remember the phrasing. So my mom was super light skinned and okay. So here's an antidote. Uh, when my, my mom said to me once, she was like, when your sister was born, she was, so my mom was super light. My dad was super dark. And when my sister was born, my sister came out in the middle. And my mother said that when she got pregnant again, she prayed and prayed and prayed that I would come out the same color as her. Yeah. Not lighter, not darker, truly just the same color. So we would be treated equal throughout our lives. And you are a lighter person in your black family. So what was it like growing up like that? Yeah. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you for Uh asking me that again. Well, I think like my family is a little bit weird. We have like a lot of unexamined racial stuff going on. Like my mom was, um, my mom grew up in South Central and she was called like, you know, she's, she's light skinned and, and she was called like city bitch and like, and all that stuff. And her father was a dark skinned black man and her mother was like a, you know, light skinned Creole black woman. Mm -hmm. And when, and so I think because of that, and then when she was later, she found out she had a different father. So, sorry, when she was older, she found out she had a different father. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I think because of that, my mother has always has always kind of clung to her blackness and, and really like, you know, encouraged us to dig into our blackness. So in a way, I feel that growing up in my family, like it, it took me a long time to realize that I was white. I mean, God, that that I have white that that I'm like, you know, do you know what the privilege, the white passing privilege? Yes. Yes, exactly. Because in my family, like blackness was so loved that God, it's everything that I say I hate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a it's a super complex thing and I think what I'm doing is like trying to ask you like uh yeah, what like I'm trying to like I'm like literally asking you about your identity. It's such it's yeah. such a loaded question that yeah. If you don't have an answer, I think that's fine as well, uh, because it, it would be like if someone was like, OK, Nicole, uh, you're like if it was reversed, it was like if black was the norm and I was actually like a white person and someone was like, so you're black passing. How does that feel like? I think it would just be so hard to answer. So I don't I, I think I have a hard time answering it because I know that what I feel is wrong. <laughs> that like what I for a long time I really hated my white skin because Mm -hmm. it was different from my family and I wanted to be darker and then when I got older and I realized my white privilege I realized like that's wrong like I need to use my white skin and my white privilege to help those around me and to protect those around me that I love but I've always felt like, oh, I wish I could be darker, mm-hmm. which then I'm like, well, is that fetishize- fetishization? Like, what's going on with that? A lot of unexamined stuff. But I know that in the real world, like, you know, the lighter you are, the more preferred you are. You know, mm-hmm. that's what colorism is. <sighs> so I don't think your feelings are wrong. I think it's you see the people around you that you love are darker than you. So like they have a different experience than you. So I think it's like, oh, I want to be validated as a black person. And to be validated as a black person, you have to be darker. And like my mom was called like high yellow or like like which isn't the nicest thing to call somebody. And it's just like you're an other within the culture. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we are treated differently. And I think that what I could say about that, which is this is like kind of like an irreverent, like answer to this question. But what I could say about that is that I have two sisters. I'm actually like I'm a quarter. Well, I'm multiracial. You know, I have like Iraqi Mm -hmm. blood in me as well. And so my oldest sister really looks like I would say she looks the most Iraqi out of all of us. She has very deeply like olive skin and kind of, you know, like eyes that you might stereotypically, you know, consider mm-hmm. to be Middle Eastern looking. And I've noticed that her whole life she's been a little bit sexualized in that way. She's mm. always called exotic. She gets best, fe- you know, it's just like that was the way she was seen. Yes. And then my my middle sister, who is the darkest of us, is by far the most successful. She's puts a lot of pressure on herself. She's incredibly educated and has a lot of stress in her life. Mm-hmm. And and me, I'm the whitest and I'm a fuck up. 
don't say and, that. No, I know, I know. Um, but me, I'm the whitest and I get to pursue my creativity, you know? Mm-hmm. I get to be like an artist and my middle sister doesn't think she's creative at all. And my oldest sister, like, I don't even know what she thinks about herself. She had kids really early. Mm -hmm. um, So I think like if I were going to say in my family, what did skin color do to us? It put a lot of pressure on my sister to be like the best. Mm -hmm. And then it made me just kind of be like, God, I don't know. Beyond that, like, yeah, like there are times when I like, definitely step up for my sister like not that we drive drunk <laughs> but if we were going to uh-huh. I would be the one to do it you know what I mean yes uh, yes I fully understand that and to unpack unpack that for somebody who's listening who's like what that doesn't make any sense it's like if you it's like if you're in a group of friends of different colors and you're like maybe smoking weed or some something in a place where like weed is not legal you give it to your white friend because your white friend is less likely to be searched so like just brutalized or whatever yeah it's really it's race is an interesting thing to talk about and i feel like we've been talking about it ad nauseum just in the last couple of months everybody's like what's your opinion on it so i apologize for asking you that uh we could go (laughs) no 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 nicole because i really i really love the opportunity to talk about it and i want to apologize for being like so like about it because i actually really like talking about it i've just been i've actually like been a little bit emotional today and i talking about emotions doesn't age well on podcasts because i'm gonna be fine Mm -hmm. next week but i've been reading this book um called the vanishing half and it's just fucking me Mm -hmm. up it's like truly fucking me up. And it's about like two white passing twins who grew up in this town. I don't want, I'm not going to spoil anything. Grew up in this town that was bred to be light. Like, you know, like a house slave mm-hmm. inherited a plantation and then he decided to make it a town. And then that town became like a town where lightness was bred. And then these two white passing twins or twins left and one lived as a black woman and, and, sought the blackest partner that she could find and one went and became completely white and it's just like really fucking me up as a read and I and I just like go to sleep crying and I and that's really not normally like my Mm -hmm. bag I'm like I'm really I don't love going to sleep crying it's like not what you don't you don't love sleeping on a wet pillow no it's like I really just (laughs) yeah waking up like and you're like oh did I just resume from where I left off hmm anyway so but I recommend the book but I recommend the book. I yeah, I'll watch. Uh, I was like, I'll watch it. No, I'll, I'll read it. Oh, that'll be a movie. It'll be a movie real soon. So, is it new? Is it old? Uh, I'm gonna write it down. The Vanishing I think Half. It's like currently number a number one bestseller. It's in mm. hardcover. It's got a real poppy cover. It's like currently a book that that people are really talking about. Oh. I have been just like searching for media that. Not that it's, like, meaningful, but, like, something that, like, makes me feel, because I've been watching just a lot of reality television and being, <laughs> like, mm. nothing matters. Uh, I started watching, it's a show on stars called P-Valley, short for Pussy Valley. And oh. it's about this, like, strip, uh, they're not paying me to talk about this, but I sought it out because I love pole dancing, and I feel like a lot of pole erases sex workers, and I was looking for a story that showed 
pull in a light, but also honor sex workers and where that came from and black women, because black women are the ones who like, you know, brought twerking to pole and crazy tricks and shit like that. Uh, so I, I feel started, similarly like, about roller skating, by the way, like skating is pretty black and like they were fighting for, you know, integration and whatnot. And a lot of rinks were like, we would rather close than integrate. And uh, there was like urban nights, MLK nights, and it came together with like uh, urban night or not urban night, adult night. Adult skate night is what they call black night where they play black music and black people come and whatnot. Oh, yeah, black and- people are sexual. Yep. <laughs> we're sexualized <laughs> at a very early age. Yeah. And in L.A., there was like one that was blood territory, one that was crypt territory, one closed. I think the crypt one closed. And then the gangs made a pact to be like nothing happens at the skating rink. So it's like if we can come together and and then like gangs are not black. It's like a, it's a not a retaliation, but it's a response for like what the government does to low income neighborhoods. And it's like, well, if I can't fucking get a job, I'll, you know, sell whatever. Yeah. So it was Wait, just yeah. really it, people get people need to understand more about gangs because like you guys get the mafia and you love the Sopranos. Yes. So let's. Yes, we get this. We get this. Yes. We're just it's trying like, to have a little bit of control here. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Like having control over your own neighborhood, having control over your streets. uh it's, it was just like really interesting to, and, it, and it focused on a lot of black people and how we're marginalized in the skating world where like you go to rinks and they're like, you have to have a toe stop. You can't have tiny wheels. And it's like, well, some black people, that's like their region of skating and that's part of their art. And this is a way to police them even in a art form. Uh, but yeah, it's just really, really, really interesting. But anyway, so Pussy Valley, P Valley on Stars, uh, it's about like this uh like strip club in like the in mississippi so it's like this uh gothic southern noir but also it's like funny but also (laughs) i believe every fucking character and it was truly delightful i was like you know what i love this i love honoring sex work because i feel like it's stigmatized so much and it's just so crazy yeah I went to a virtual strip show last week, (laughs) which was so I went with like a couple of friends, which makes no sense because it's like I went. No, I was in my home. (laughs) We were on a Google Hangout, but then also watching the Zoom. But and like we like muted the Zoom. So it was like girls dancing without music. And then they would put up their Venmo accounts and then you would Venmo them. And I was like, yeah, this this is wonderful. I'm glad that sex workers have figured out a way through this pandemic to still make money. Uh, but then I'm like, how and then Instagram has an algorithm. So like, it's hard for them to promote it. Uh, so I started following uh, a couple strip clubs in LA and then following some of the girls and then they'll post about it. So then I was like, Oh, maybe I'll like try to amplify their voices and like, I'll post about these shows. But then I'm like, if I amplify their voices, will people come to the zoom with like hate and like say nasty things in the chat? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a, one of those like double edged sword things. It took me way too long to go to a strip club, by the way. Like, I think I went like for the first time like two years ago. Really? Um, yeah. And I fucking loved it. And I was like, oh, Isn't my it God. Fun? It's so fun. And like women are so cool. And yes. and like, I can't believe I thought this was like, I mean, obviously, some of them are a little sad and gross. And I'm mm-hmm. actually only saying that because I haven't been to those. And I don't know if that's true or not. I just that's like a stereotype. I'm I would say some it, truly like it's like there's 
a huge, like just like people in the world. Like, you know, there's lawyers who are addicted to crack and lawyers who exceed and are doing stuff. So it's just like, it's the same thing in a, in the stripping world where it's like some women aren't doing the best. They're not thriving. Uh, but then there's other women who are thriving and, uh, well-adjusted and they're like, I'm good at this. It's a workout as my job. And I make a shit ton of fucking money and it's great. I love it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, cause I've met some sad ones. I've met some, you know, great, like do it thriving ones. So it's just like, you have to remember that it's like, they're just people and we just stigmatize sex work because we're puritanical, totally. you know, that uh, it's in our blood if country. You're, yeah. Yeah. Totally. It also made me be like, oh, I like watching this and I'm mad that I didn't see it before because Mm -hmm. it might have opened some doors for me a little earlier, you know? Yeah, I had. So I post, you know, my pole dancing on Instagram. By no means am I good at it, but I love it. And this person commented, they were like, am I the only one who thinks it's really inappropriate that she's posting uh, pole dancing? It has nothing to do with her size. It's just like she's pole dancing and that's bad. And then I was like, oh, not that I like really focus on negative comments, but this one I was like, oh, well, this is this doesn't make me feel good. So then I went to their profile and I was like, oh, they're like 12. They're very uh, young. They don't so know. Then, yeah, they don't know. So then I responded. I was like, hey, you might not be the only one, but I like dancing. I'm wearing a bikini. That's not um, out of the realm of the norm. Um, and I Go think buy my to- book. Yeah, buy my book. But I was like, I think you don't understand the power that you have with your body. And maybe you need some positive influences on your body that you are not getting at home. So I'm just saying to you that it's an art form. And maybe you should check out some hashtags and look at other people who are dancing. And you'll like learn that it's just it's it's a lot about strength, but it is a lot about sexuality. It's like a give and take. It's whatever you want it to be. And then they like ended up deleting the comment. But I was like, I hope they took my advice and like looked at more women showing their sexuality or showing their strength Mm. because that's what I think pole is for a lot of people. It's like a way to make money, a way to be sexual, but also a way to have a hobby or like just be so strong. You're like a gymnast if you're like good at it. Oh, truly, truly. Um, And also like to be flaunting, flaunting, I'm saying flaunting, but I mean it in a good way. Your (laughs) sexuality like that is so strong too, because it's it's like took me so long to be comfortable with my like just even body at all, you know, mm-hmm. and and to be like, yeah, I'm wearing a bra and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to shake it. Like, yeah, I mean, you can touch it is. Yes. We love that. We love that. Uh, we have to take a break. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, fast, free shipping and returns, and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because 
Sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things. And Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to newly.com, N U U. L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code DATEME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code DATEME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving, and I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash date me. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world world. 
Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho! <laughs> Without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. Ellie, I have a question. Yeah. It is a love and relationship podcast, but I mean, people have been listening and hearing this for weeks, months at this point. I'm truly not really dating right now. Uh, I like touch. I like seeing people. But are you you're not are you single? I'm single. Yes. I was Uh. dating somebody right before quarantine and then we broke up um, before quarantine. And I Mm -hmm. felt relief that we weren't quarantined together. But he was a great guy. And I think he's really like the most adult relationship I've had. How long were you dating? Really not that long. Eight months. But. And also, like, there were a lot of, like, obvious things that weren't right with it. But it was definitely the closest I've come to dating somebody and then being like, oh, this is me. I uh, I definitely have dated the wrong people. Well, you've seen me date. Like, I've, I've dated the wrong people a lot. And then I've dated some really nice people. But nobody that ever made me feel like, oh, I'm authentically myself right now. And I think mm-hmm. that has to do also with the fact that, like, I might not know who that is at, at all the time. But in quarantine, no, I'm not dating. I have definitely gone and seen some exes. Ah. And the day before quarantine happened, I um, knew it was happening. So I went on Hinge. Ah. And I made a new friend. Okay. How's that going? Oh, God, I'm just, like, t- talking to people. Oh. Yeah, I think that's why I'm not doing it, because just the... Just talking to somebody without like an end. It's just like this ominous, like we're talking and I guess we'll meet and social distance and then we'll take a test. And then, I don't, yeah, it just for me, I'm like, Ugh, fuck it. Not for me. I'm not doing that. But here we are missing, you know, where it's like we're missing out. And it's like, this is the time when we should be doing that. And I'm annoyed. Yeah. But <laughs> I am talking to somebody right now um, who's who like I'm having actually maybe the best time ever talking with this person. Um, really? Yeah. But um, they've already told me twice why they wouldn't date me. <laughs> Wait, what are their reasons? What did they say? I mean, if you don't mind, since it's no, a current I, sitch. I mean, it, it's like it might be good for him to listen to this. um i'm too young for him is one um but it's not that much of an age difference it's Mm -hmm. it's about 10 years which is like not the worst you know it's not crazy and i'm also i'm in my 30s now so like that's okay i definitely like in my 20s dated some people who are way too old for me but that's Mm -hmm. another story and then the other reason is that he's more successful than me by quite a bit. And I 
understand this one, which is that they wouldn't date like really anybody in my position because it would be bad Mm -hmm. for me. People would judge me. Interesting. But that's so shitty that like you're having good conversations. The best. But then it's like you're not in a financial situation that's appealing to me and you're too young. Then it's like, then why is he talking to you? Why are they talking to you? I think we keep like going through these phases where we get like super close and finding out all this stuff that we have in common and then being like, oh, well, we're not going to date. Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. And then like I'll go on like a dating app and like try and talk to somebody maybe. But I'm like every- I, I'm the worst. Everybody's always like uh, I-, I always get the hey, where'd you go? <laughs> you uh-huh. know? Well, I keep like in the beginning of quarantine, I was like, you know what? This will be romantic. I'm going to meet somebody and we're going to have beautiful conversations. And when quarantine's over, we'll meet and it'll be fabulous. And it's like quarantine has no end in sight. But uh, I would say things like, how's the pandemic treating you? It's treating me pretty good. I've been roller skating. And then they're just like, it's bad. And I'm like, okay, cool. Which which, does that bring us back to race at all? Because... Is, is that like white men saying that? Because I'm I'm frustrated with the general pessimism about this year. I think it's actually a great year, even though it's hard. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of agree. So I spent all of 2019. I did not like 2019 personally for me. It was good career wise. I think there were some setbacks for me, but like I kept being like 2020 is my year, yeah. and people keep tweeting or like messaging me being like, oh, I'm listening to your podcast. I feel so sorry for you. 2020s. No one's here. And I'm like, okay, it has been bad. But I do think like us talking more about race is good. I think more people being woken to like shit going on is good. I think our president being a literal psychopath publicly, I think is good for people to like really see what's happening. Uh, so like that way, yeah. I think it's good. The economy, no, but like no. our economy can bounce back. I and think also, maybe it shouldn't. <laughs> maybe <laughs> we should let it burn. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not. A, I'm not a socialist. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I. Why do you think this year is good? Yes, I mean all those reasons. I think like. It's like an incredibly daunting year, but it's op- it's mm-hmm. providing us with many opportunities for 2021 to be the best year we've ever had, potentially. Yes. Um, yes, we're talking about stuff finally. People are finally like, oh, my God, I had no idea about so many different things. We're all – social media is being um, – has been transformed into a different kind of platform, and I really hope it stays that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, you know, before social media was like pretty toxic – but I think now it's a tool that we're using pretty well. Mm-hmm. And not only that, like people are discovering more about their home life. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the poor people who like really don't get to enjoy any of that. That's they're allowed to complain. But if you have a roof over your head and nobody being violent towards you and you have like maybe a little bit of green in your life, um, mm-hmm. then like maybe you're discovering the joy of gardening for the first time. Maybe you've just like painted your bathroom and you knew you really needed to do that. And and that kind of stuff is really good for you. I agree. I also think, at least for me, since I've been taking a break from 
uh, trying to be romantic with people. I know that like once we're allowed to be near each other again, I will cherish it more. Um, Like being with my friend, like this is the longest I've been in LA and I've done a bunch of like social distancing hangs and I'm like, oh my God, I like revere this time I have with my friends more. I think this quarantining period like in the beginning it was like i have to facetime my friends blah blah blah, keep up with the social life and then sometimes i go like a couple days where i don't like i'll text maybe a couple people i'll peep online talk to a couple people but like mostly i'm just kind of like trying to figure out who's the person i want to be after all this is ending and i had a a real moment with my therapist yesterday where i like started crying because i was like what is comedy after all this? What is stand up? What is what am I going to be trying to say? Will I be trying to talk about this period? Will what is I, audience? What is our audience even going to be? Will people be so woke that they won't laugh at some shit anymore? Like what? What is that going to look like? And then I was like, well, what is stand up? What is me without stand up? Do I have like an identity? And I was like, oh, I guess I'm having like kind of like an identity crisis because everything I've done was taken away. And my therapist was like, you're allowed to mourn those things. And then I felt so, and I said to her, I was like, I feel so selfish and dumb being like, I'm just complaining that like this little pandemic is really affecting me. <laughs> me. It's putting and my me work in pandemic. And me. Yes. <laughs> and she was like, it is okay to mourn for others, but also mourn for yourself because we've all lost something during this time. And it's like the essential workers who are at grocery stores went from being praised and essential to like people screaming at them that they don't want to wear a mask and they're not getting overtime. Yeah. Blamed for the spike in COVID cases. It's like, oh, I miss the days when I pronounced it COVID, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I just saw like an old video of myself, like in the beginning being like (laughs) COVID-19. That's so funny. I, I don't want to catch COVID. COVID. That's bad. Corona. <laughs> um, I, have you like made any changes during like this quarantine period that you're like proud of? I've made some. No, I haven't. I haven't. And, <laughs> and I think that speaks to the fact that I'm like really sewing all day, which is like just some position that I put myself in for some reason. And mm-hmm. um, I really need to find a better balance because that's like that is what we should be doing right now. Um, but I've actually I've made a few changes. I've recognized some things that I want to pursue when I when I get out of here. <laughs> um, and I've. I've actually enjoyed maybe not like I love performing, but I've enjoyed not having to say no. Wait, am I saying that right? Mm -hmm. I've enjoyed like because I have a hard time saying no to shows, you know, but I don't. But sometimes I just won't go because like I said yes to a show that I didn't want to do. And now nobody's asking me to do any shows. And so now I get to really think about like, oh, what shows will I really actually want to do when I come back? And and mm-hmm. and and just because I'm not doing shows anymore doesn't mean I'm not a comedian or a writer or an actor or a performer. And and when I come back, when I get out of here, I can decide a new definition of what it means to be a performer. And that won't include doing like all the midnight shows at UCB, you know? Mm-hmm. That was a thing I had to deal with. I think the yeah, last year was like uh the first year where I was like, oh, I don't have to say yes to every single show in L.A. 
I'm doing my hour five times a week on the weekends at clubs and stuff. And then I was like, I don't have to do midnight shows. I'm tired. And then I have work the next day. So it was putting up those like uh, boundaries was super mm-hmm. helpful for me. Uh, but the thing I'm most proud of that I yeah, changed during quarantine is I'm now a vegan, even <gasps> though I eat cheese and ranch dressing from Kraft. No, I'm that's phenomenal. Technically a vegetarian. Uh, whatever you're, you're getting there. But I think vegan sounds more aggressive. Uh, yeah, I've been a vegetarian since May fifteenth. Oh my and god! And I like don't really miss meat. But sometimes I'll be like, oh, fried chicken. Yum, mm. yum, 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 yum. But then I was like, what did I actually like from the fried chicken? I was like, oh, the batter. I like the yeah. like the skin, which is like gross to be like, I love the skin of this animal. But I was like, no, that's the thing we all I like know the what best. that is. We like the skin so the most. Good. Yeah, I, I, I love that, Nicole. I would love to be a vegan. I cook for my sister and she does not like vegan food. Well, she does. Oh. She's, I shouldn't say that. But she, I think she would have a hard time with the idea of like, and also... I don't have the re- I don't have the 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 recipe, you know, reservoir for vegan food. It's hard. I so I was getting That's this an like easy fix. Well, it is, but it isn't because like I know how to make spaghetti and meatballs. So like you buy the meatballs, you buy the pasta sauce, you buy the spaghetti, and then it's like, but like, how do I make a like a a cauliflower steak? And yeah. it's like, oh, fucking no. But I was getting this like purple carrot box. I don't get it anymore because oh, it's I, homework. I loved- those ads were really enticing, though. I have to say, I'm always looking at the sauces they advertise to me. They're good. Like, you make these delightful sauces and you pour them over broccoli and you're like, oh, my God, I'm thriving and eating healthy. But I was like, I can't fucking cook a different thing every goddamn night. This is terrible. But like, I kept the recipes. So when I go grocery shopping, I go, OK, I need this to make this to make this to make this. And then it kind of makes sense. Like, I discovered I love turmeric. Oh, you know what I just learned about turmeric? Is there's an there's an R in there. Oh, it's turmeric? No, it's turmeric. Turmeric? It's T-U-R-M-E-R-I-C. It's like sherbet. There's no R in sherbet. Sherbet. Oh, it's sherbet? It's sherbet. This is crazy to me. This is fully taking me. My mom used to make this um sherbet <laughs> exactly <laughs> me too sherbet sherbet drink where it was like sprite and sherbet i think yeah sherbet and i used to love it and she would only make it for like parties at school uh and i'd always be like mommy please make it at home she's like we're not having a party at home she had a lot of weird rules <laughs> oh boy oh boy that I feel yeah. like I've pulled into my life where I'll just say arbitrary things and I'm like, I don't make up the rules. And it's like, you just made it up. I mean, oh, sorry. Boy. Oh, I, wait, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Minthought, but one thing I have liked changing about um, quarantine is I think I discovered my own political views. And like, oh, it's like my mom has always been like very good, but now I'm just getting to that point where I'm just like a little bit past her. And so I no longer having the political views as her. I'm making my own. And like I was always whatever, but anyway, you get it. And so, mm-hmm. um, and I, I miss that cute time when we all thought the same way, but now I have my own views. Yeah. I, I think I've become a slightly more political in these last couple of months, if you will, just cause we're like inundated with, I think that's a word. Mm-hmm. Mm, bombarded. Inundated. With inundated. Uh-oh. Right. With, I don't know. Just so much. 
I don't know, with so much political shit. But I'm just like, yeah, why do we need police officers? Like, the LAPD tweeted a picture of, like, cops jumping a car. And I was like, one, I don't think that would work because using the power from your battery that's also powering all the shit in your car, I think it would blow out your battery. Two, this is definitely a photo op. Three, why would I ever call a cop to jump my car? I need people who are armed to come help me with my car. No, I'll call AAA or I'll call a fucking friend. And I why just, are they I'm doing like, that? Why are they spending their time doing that? That's my tax money. Like, Well, they're trying to be like, we're useful. We can't be defunded. And then I think it's so wild that people don't understand the word defunded. I was like, well, we're defending schools. So, like, what's the difference if we defund a school or a police department? Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, a billion going to the police, why don't we put a billion in schools? You know, we're raising idiots. Let's just We're raising let's, the idiots. We are, though. We're raising little idiots who have to, gen, like, educate themselves. Yeah. And then it sucks because, like, my sister is a teacher and she was like, some of the kids are low income and we're all, we're, I'm teaching them on Zoom. And she's like, and I've got a couple where their internet connection isn't good. So, like, they go in and out of class. And I'm like, that fucking sucks. Or they like, don't have it, a room to go into. Yes. Yes. It's just so fucked up. And I think people are now realizing we pay teachers pennies when we should be paying. They should be getting paid more than cops. Truly. Like, they shouldn't have to buy their own erasers and chalk and shit or like buy students lunches because that's a thing that happens. It's they teachers deal with so much shit. So and much. Don't shit. give them enough. You know, something I really need to do more like research and learning about is like, when did we start teeting, treating teachers like shit? Because it, ha- it, it can't be yeah. always. No, it can't be. It must be like in the 80s or 90s. Probably. That's when it all happened. <laughs> yeah, 80s, 90s, Reaganomics and well, Reagan, yeah, like George Bush's No Child Left Behind, which is a bullshit thing because so many kids got left. It is crazy. Crazy, crazy. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Well, guess what? It's future sight now, bitch. <laughs> we have future sight. <laughs> future we sight. can see what's happening in the you future. Can it. <laughs> this is, we're going to hell if we don't fix it. <laughs> Ellie, the posters in your room are incredible. Is that Cher? Thank you. And Zena? here well this is donna summer so you know how embarrassing i truly thought donna summer was share she's been in the sun for a long time though so she's actually gotten a little bleach um (laughs) this is not like her original coloring um and yeah and that is xena and then this is brian from playgirl behind me oh and i i just like this is i'm in the back of my closet and in the beginning when we were all like i gotta talk to my friends all the time on zoom Mm -hmm. i was like well i need to make myself a comfortable cute little space I, I like used to have it. like props everywhere, but they they've been they got lost. I started like throwing away my props. I was like, why do I need all of these fucking raggedy Ann wigs? Like, I don't need this. I don't need this. Although I do have a bunch of dildos in my garage because they used to be in the trunk of my car, but now I have a, a Jeep. I got a Jeep. I love a Jeep. Oh, uh, so Jeep girl. I'm a Jeep girl. Wow. And let me yes, tell you, I love that Jeep culture runs deep. People love their Jeeps. Like I found so many Instagram accounts of tiny women and big Jeeps. I love that. Does your Jeep have doors? Yes, but I can take them right off. What's up with that? It's crazy. I can take my doors off. I can take my windshield. I can fold my windshield down. I can take the top off. 
I like taking the top off and driving around and singing because I feel like it's bringing yes. people joy. I think it is. I would make my day if I saw you driving around <laughs> doing that. Maybe this is why people like Jeeps, though, is because it's like, you you know, it's like a Jeep is for a car. A Jeep is a car for a person who knows what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. you have a Jeep. I know how to take my top off. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to take my top off in my in my Honda Civic, you know? Yeah, I mean. I'm not ready for more customization. <laughs> You're like, give me the factory settings. That is all I want. But but I'm going to but like when I'm ready for that. I'm glad to know that Jeep is there for me. Jeep will be there for you. You take the the top off the door. It's crazy that you can truly. It's like a, it's a toy. You just you just take it's a general take purpose it vehicle. Apart. It's so much fun. Yeah. I'm driving off curbs. I haven't like off roaded, but truly, I have just been driving off curbs and having speaking of share Horowitz mm-hmm. from Clueless. I totally paused. I love yeah. Clueless so much. I love Clueless. The best adaptation we'll ever have, probably. Truly. It's, yeah, a lot of people don't know. It's a, an Emma adaptation. So there you Why go. Why don't people know that? I don't know, because people are, they're dumb. I don't know. Was that elitist? No, it's <laughs> yeah. not elitist. People are just stupid. Yeah. Well. Exactly. <laughs> Ellie, we've come to the end. Sad. I have a, a question that I always ask people. Uh, would you date me? Nicole, I would date you i would yeah and honestly i don't know had you asked me that before the quarantine i don't know that i would have had that same answer i might have been like oh of course i would date you but uh, now i'm like oh i would date you nicole do you want to date <gasps> yes let's date this is all i've ever wanted <laughs> someone to go Yes, let's do it. So you're only you're the second person to say let's date. The first one was Bob the drag queen, and oh, you are the second one. Let's so you date. are in wonderful company. Oh, I love Bob. Let's date. Let's we could thruple. Right, we could thruple. We could be a beautiful thruple, and then Bob also has two other partners. So we can oh just be a little village of love. I love that. Nicole, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for doing this. Do you? And then thank you for letting me ask you hard questions. I mean, I really, I really was hoping I was actually going to come really prepared to this. And like, I definitely had like things I wanted to say and everything, but I wasn't expecting to be so emotional today. As we already talked about, Mm -hmm. as we already talked about, it's not normally my normal state. And, and, um, and so thank you for allowing me to kind of just like sputter about my, my, feelings when what I really wanted to talk about was like, you know, colorism and and anyway, we get it. I don't know. I had fun. I thought it was a good okay. time. So good. Oh wait, do you have anything you want to promote? Did I ask you that? No, I didn't. Oh, oh yes. No, you did and I ignored you. <laughs> <laughs> um yes, I'm actually the last thing I shot um before quarantine was this lovely show that came out on 720 on um, Monday and it's on Kiki Palmer's Facebook page. Ooh. And um it's called Turned Up with the Taylors and it was actually my first time being number 2 on the call sheet, but actually I wasn't because I was number 7 because Kiki Taylor uh, Kiki Palmer is 1 through 6. Um oh. So She's playing like all the characters mm-hmm. and it's like a keeping up with the Kardashians spinoff. And oh, I play the evil fun. white manager. Yeah. It is Congratulations. Fun. That's so much fun. Like, honestly, it's funny because it's such an insider thing. But like being number two on the call sheet is truly incredible. And that's so awesome. I'm so happy. 
Thanks, Nicole. Me too. I'm trying to get excited about it because it was it's like a lifetime ago, but like it was cool. And I play white villains a lot and like <laughs> and like I kind of like that. <laughs> I love it. Well, if you like this episode of Oh, Why Won't You Date Me, you can subscribe, you can like it, you can leave me a review on iTunes. Uh, if you want to say something to me, hitting on me nastily, you can do that. This nice person said, Nicole, I want to motorboat your titties. And then they put the emoji with the hands up like they don't know if that's a true statement or not. So thank you for that. Um, and yeah, that's it. Bye-bye. This has been a Team Coco production. <laughs> <laughs>